The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is January 10th, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. My co-host sitting right next to me is <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired. Good morning, sir. Uh, good morning, Gary. It's great to be with you as always. Appreciate that, Bill. Bill, what did you think of last week's show? I thought it was pretty good. Outstanding, Gary. Just outstanding. We had a great show. Yeah, you know our guest was uh, Glenn Towery, founder and CEO for the Veterans Suicide Prevention Channel. Their mission is to work towards saving and improving the lives of American veterans, their family members, and supporters by creating a national broadcast channel that will air healing, educational, entertainment, and resource information shows intended to benefit America's veterans nationwide in order to prevent suicides and promote mental, emotional, and physical healing. Be sure to go to the VSPchannel.com to learn more about their fundraiser, to build a broadcast studio which will be run by veterans you can also hear if you did miss the show you can also listen to it in the archive section of the American Heroes Network.com now Bill we're going to talk about a couple news articles and um, I have one actually it's uh, out of the Orlando Sentinel by Michelle uh, Tamer and she talks about the veterans missed a special breakfast generally about once a month the American Legion hosts an off-site breakfast for up to eight veterans residing at the Orlando VA Community Living Center each of the past five times over a period of four months, volunteers have given up their Saturday morning, brought and cooked the food, and waited for their guests. On the other side, the nursing staff is cleaned, dressed, and medicated the veterans and taking them to the shuttle bus on time. On these highly anticipated special occasions, the vets forego the facility breakfast in anticipation of the home-cooked meal. So far, so good. But then all the too familiar incompetency begins. Out of all those planned trips, not once has the veteran left the property. Instead, they waited anywhere from 45 to 90 minutes outside, hungry, frustrated, and and mad. (laughs) Almost slipped there. Um, the, The problem is the shuttle and its hydraulic lift, which wouldn't work. Is there only one shuttle bus for eight veterans? Can't the federal government's multi-million dollar spanking new state-of-the-art medical and housing facility provide adequate medical repair? Or does the maintenance check, you know, as far as before the appointment? Again, our veterans are left out in the cold. That's not too cool, is it, Bill? No, it's not. uh, We've got to improve that. Mm -hmm. That's unreal. 
Now, Bill, you have a couple articles for us also. Well, yes, I do, Gary. And uh, the first one I'd like to bring to the attention of our listeners real quickly, it's something that we reported on uh, about mid-year in 2016 about uh, those individuals who use their driver's license from their state, issued from their states to gain entrance to military installations. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, some states back uh, earlier, such as um, uh, Washington, uh, Minnesota, and Missouri, uh, where the installations were no longer recognizing their state uh, driver's license as a um, form of identification to get in. And it's, it seems to be it's, it's uh, impacted with uh, something that the... Uh, the, the Department of Defense uh, has asked that all states to have a what's called an enhanced driving license, uh, and, and this is uh, for security purposes. So now, in addition to those states that I just mentioned, Gary, uh, the the states of uh, Kentucky, Maine, Montana, Pennsylvania, and South Carolina have been added to the ones that I just mentioned. And uh, if you're in those states, your state uh, license, uh, driver's license will not be accepted. Now, you know, with all the things that we have to concern about with the emphasis on security, it's so important, and we would urge those states to, uh, you know, come into compliance because in those states, Gary, there are a lot of uh, significant military installations there, and uh, this certainly presents a problem for people uh, attempting to uh, enter the installation. It sure does. Yeah. Now, the next story, uh, Gary, that we have, and it certainly it's going to impact on our program. As you know, we have been spending a considerable amount of time talking about suicide prevention and its awareness. In right. the state of Maine, there's a lady there, Nancy Gonhart, who runs a yoga studio, and she's uh, assisting with uh, uh, veterans with post-traumatic stress and PD, PT, P, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress and uh, and the uh, brain injury TBI with yoga. She holds yoga classes, and she says the emphasis is all about breathing. Uh, the main focus of yoga practice uh, is breathing. Uh, Nancy says the class is geared towards those who have post-traumatic stress disorder. While it's not much different from regular yoga classes, there are a few exceptions. Uh, uh, the the instructor, Nancy Garnhart, does not move from location to location to adjust people's positions. She just wants them to be able to participate and to just breathe uh, uh, because it's so important as to how uh, uh, impacting with these individuals who have post-traumatic stress. And she says uh, uh, many of our people with post-traumatic stress may not feel comfortable in a room of uh, people with this moving around. She calls it mindful yoga, and she says a therapy that is focused on working with those suffering from post-traumatic stress. The workshop uh, has changed her teaching in the classes. 
And again, it's all about them being able to breathe properly, and that is a way of relaxing. And we've talked about relaxation as it impacts post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury. So here again, uh, we've, uh, we've there's another uh, bit of information on how we can help our men and women who suffer from post-traumatic stress. All right. All right. Now, Bill, why don't you have the, you actually have the pleasure of introducing our guest, Debbie, today. And indeed, it is a pleasure, Gary, to introduce Debbie Lee. Debbie Lee is an author, public speaker, founder, and chief executive officer of America's Mighty Warriors, who travels the nation telling her son's amazing story and advocating and supporting our troops, their families, and families of the fallen. Debbie understands the sacrifice our troops make and that freedom is not free. On August 2nd, 2006, Debbie received a knock on the door that would forever change her life. Debbie was notified that her son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed in action, becoming the first Navy SEAL killed in Iraq. Since that day, Debbie has dedicated her life to honoring our troops and the families of the fallen, defending our defenders, and fighting to keep the freedoms that our troops have fought for. Debbie has worked tirelessly to ensure that our troops and military and Gold Star families have access to respite and important services that help assist recovery after injury or loss. By God's strength, Debbie chose to rise above the most devastating circumstance of her life to impact others' lives, giving them hope and encouragement. In response to her son's last letter home, and I quote, his words were, pass on the love, the kindness, the precious gift of human life. Debbie founded America's Mighty Warriors, and it is providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. Debbie, welcome to American Heroes Network. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here today and uh, continue to spread their mission and what we're doing for our troops and families of the fallen. And as you said in the introduction, I do know the cost of freedom, and I do know who pays that price for me. And so it's my honor to be able to stand in the gap, make sure that our men and women that are serving, uh, when they come back home, they have everything they need to... uh, come back to the closest we can get them to what they were before they left. Our men and women cannot go into combat over and over, repeated deployments back to back, and come back the same person they were. And it is our obligation as a nation to make sure that we do take care of them, that we do take care of their families, and that we never forget our heroes who sacrifice their life or their families. Right. Well, what we're going to do, Debbie, we're going to go ahead and jump into a commercial, and when we come back, uh, we can get into, you know, answering some questions, okay? You bet. 
Okay, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Debbie Lee, CEO of America's Mighty Warriors. Debbie, what was the deciding factor that inspired you to uh, found the American's Mighty Heroes? I mean, Warriors. Um, as you can imagine, as a parent, losing your child is the toughest thing in the world that you could ever go through. I've been a widow for 22 years, and I'd walked through death before, but I can tell you losing my son is the toughest thing I've ever been through. And I had no choice the news that was given to me on August 2nd when we were notified that Mark had been killed. But I did have a choice how I responded, and my choice was to put on Mark's boots and pick up his weapon and stay in the fight for our men and women who serve. And Part of what motivated me to do that was Mark wrote an amazing letter about two and a half weeks before he was killed, and we call that his glory letter. And your listeners can go to our website at americasmightywarriors.org and read that amazing letter. And literally, that letter has inspired millions and millions of people around the world, and I don't exaggerate when I say that number. It's just amazing. Just uh, yesterday, I posted on our Facebook page, we had a teacher and. Pennsylvania, who'd read Mark's letter and knew his story and wanted to use that letter to help encourage uh, troubled children that he was a teacher for. And, uh, of course, I said, yes, please use that. That's what that letter is for. But um, Mark wrote that about two and a half weeks before he was killed. It was an email that he sent to several of us uh, while he was on deployment, and it was meant to go just to a few family and friends. I think there were probably about 12 of us that were on the thread that he sent that to. And that letter is filled with so much. He talks about what he saw over in combat. And you can just see as you read this letter how that young man is changed by what he's seen over there, 
by what he's experienced, to see the contrast between this amazing land that we live in and uh, what he was seeing over there. And at the, towards the end of that letter, he said, when's the last time you passed, you know, paid for a stranger's cup of coffee or a meal or a tank of gas? He said, we could change our world by doing more random acts of kindness and, and our reputation as a country. And as you said, he ends that letter with, to my family and friends, do me a favor, pass on the kindness, the love, the precious gift of human life. And so I accepted that challenge, and I started America's Mighty Warriors. I saw the void that was there for the Gold Star families, and I wanted to make sure that no other family ever had to walk through the notification and the loss without having support from another family member who knew exactly what they were going through. And I remember traveling to San Diego. I live in Arizona, and Mark's funeral is over in San Diego, and as we were driving over uh, a couple days before the funeral, we were almost into San Diego, and my oldest son, Christopher, who served in the Marines, noticed that there was a car off in the ditch, and there was a lady over there, and so he said, Mom, I'm going to pull over and help her, and of course, my thoughts were, we're all exhausted. It's been an emotional week that we've been through since we were notified, and surely there's got to be somebody else that will stop and help this lady, and my son, Christopher, said, Mom, I've got to help her. And I thought, well, I didn't raise my kids any different, so why would I think he wouldn't pull over and, and help this woman? And so as he stopped and, you know, ended up getting her out of the ditch, and we got back on the freeway, and we probably hadn't gone, I don't remember exactly, but we hadn't gone very far on the freeway. And the freeway was at a complete standstill. And we sat there on that freeway for hours, literally. We were there just, it was a parking lot. And um, as I sat there and as I'm going through the grieving process and, and next to me in the car was other pictures that I brought of Mark in case we needed more or different ones for the funeral. And um, I looked at the cars around me and I thought, do any of these people have any idea what my son did for them this week? And I wanted to get out of the car and take a picture and just walk from car to car and just say, do you know who this is? Do you know what he did for you this week? And about that point, I'm like, cuckoo, I'm going off the deep end. And yet, it's been over 10 years that we've been helping families, and I hear that same thread come through every time when I have a conversation. They don't want their hero to be forgotten. And obviously, the story I tell is Mark's story. That's our personal story. But I want to make sure that every other mom, father, spouse, child, sibling who's lost a loved one, that their hero is never forgotten either, that we have the opportunity to love on them and thank them on the anniversary you know, of their loved one's death, that we reach out to them. We do retreats in Texas, and we have a house called the Hero's Hope Home where those families can come stay for free, and we just love on them and let them know we won't ever forget your hero. We won't ever forget you. And so we do um, a, a lot of things for our Gold Star families across the nation. We'll do a meal or an event and bring the families together. I feel like grief should be a natural process. And uh, I've been to those uh, events or meetings where you're given a teddy bear and everybody's told to pass the teddy bear and tell your hero's story. Oh, I'm sorry, but if I'm having a good day, please don't force me into tears. Please don't force me into grief. That should be a natural process. And so as we're doing those retreats and families are sharing a meal together or they're you know, going down the zip line or at the swimming pool, that they have the opportunity to say, 
how do you handle birthdays? You know, what's it like for you? You know, what do you do around the holidays? And it's a natural process, you know, not a forced process. And it has been my honor to be able to do this and do it in Mark's memory, accept that challenge that he gave us, but to see the impact that it has on so many of our troops and the other families who've lost a loved one. And God made it very clear to me uh, what my marching orders were and what I was supposed to be doing. Um, it's not anything I ever purposed to do. You know, in my heart, it just kind of happened. Uh, seven weeks after Mark died, Mikey Monsoor gave his life and fell on a grenade to save his teammates. He was on SEAL Team 3 as well. He was on Delta Platoon. Mark was on Charlie Platoon. So they were two sister platoons that worked together in the task unit, and it was about 32 guys. But I knew I needed to be there. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just knew I needed to be there for that family. And so that was the first one. And then I would just coincidentally be in Washington, D.C. when we'd have another one of our Navy SEALs who'd been severely wounded that was flown in and was able to be there in support. And so, like I said, I didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to start a nonprofit. But um, God just orchestrated my steps, and I'd be somewhere and be able to help somebody. You know, that's how he wired me to be an encourager and you know, I was doing what he gifted me to do. So it's it's been an honor to do that, and we did that in response to Mark's amazing letter. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Debbie. Um, you know, as far as you mentioned that you also were with the Gold Star, um, uh, you're a Gold Star mother. Yes. And uh, what, what else do you help with as far as uh, helping out the Gold Star families besides uh, the breakfasts? Well, we do dinners, events. Um, we just hosted an event after the Army-Navy game for uh, 20 of our Gold Star families that were in Pennsylvania for that event. Uh, we're working on getting a Gold Star memorial placed in the uh, Capitol here where all of our war memorials are in Arizona. Um, because in the beginning, I was kind of thrown on the national level immediately and have traveled a lot and been gone a lot, so our connections and our support in Arizona hasn't been as strong, so we're really focusing this year on um, building some of those things and doing those things in Arizona. Not that we still won't be doing things all over the country, but um, that's what one of our goals is, is this year to be able to do those things. Um, our other programs that we have are uh, we have a program called Helping Heroes Heal, and through that program, we're working with our veterans who have are diagnosed with TBI, PTS, those dealing with suicidal tendencies. Um, my husband committed suicide 22 years ago, so that's another thing that we've personally experienced. So I think that helps them be able to work with others and encourage and relate to them when they know you've walked through that as well. But we're paying for hyperbaric oxygen therapy treatments. We were one of the... Uh, first charities that work with veterans that stepped in and researched the treatments there and found um, them very successful in helping. Uh, with TBI, it's actually healing the brain. We worked with Dr. Harch out of Louisiana State University, who's one of the leading researchers on uh, hyperbaric oxygen therapy for our troops with uh, TBI. And he actually does a brain scan before uh, uh, and after and can actually see the brain being healed. And again, I, I, I can't reiterate enough, we owe it to our men and women who served. When they come back home, we don't just forget about them. We make sure that we take care of the issues that they're dealing with, whether they're physical, mental, um, whatever they're struggling with. They were willing to give their lives for us. And this is a no-brainer to me that that's what we should be doing. And unfortunately, the VA has dropped the ball in many cases on that, and they're not getting the support they need. 
And I feel it's so important. You know, we look at the VA, so many of our troops go in there, and they come out with a gallon-sized baggie filled with prescriptions. And two-thirds of them say may cause suicidal tendencies. And we wonder why our suicide rate is so high. And so to be able to to help these, we're also working uh, with hormone therapy and vitamin therapy, things that are natural, that don't destroy their bodies anymore, but help restore their health to them. And uh, we also do retreats in Texas for our Purple Heart recipients and their caregivers. We're doing a retreat in uh, November for um, specifically for caregivers that are certified by the VA. They go through so many things as they try to help um, you know, our troops that have severe issues, and we need to be able to equip them with what they need to be able to support our troops and take care of them, and so that's part of what we do as well. In response to Mark's amazing last letter home, we do those random acts of kindness that he talked about. We pay for cups of coffee and meal and tanks of gas for our veterans, but it can go up to a $5,000 grant if there's a crisis situation. Now, our veterans can't come to us and ask for help. Unfortunately, we have found that there are those veterans that go from charity to charity trying to see what they can get. Right. And uh, so if you served with somebody, if you were in the military, if you've got a good friend that you've known for years and you know they need help, you can call and say, hey, their house just burnt to the ground. They don't have rental insurance. Can you help out? And we send a check off to help. You know, we can say we've got a, a Navy SEAL that his daughter's been fighting cancer for over a year, and so we help them with a, a grant there. We had a Gold Star mom who was robbed over the holidays, took all her Christmas money and the gifts that she had. So we were able to step in there and make a difference. And then we do advocacy and education. So if there's an injustice against our troops, then we step in and try to make that right. I don't know if you remember Delta Airlines. I don't know how long. It's been a while ago now, but our troops were coming home from combat. And they were charging them excess baggage fees. And I heard of that, and I'm like, are you kidding me? They're bringing their gear home. And so I reached out to Delta Airlines just to confirm that this was correct. And they said, yes, it is. And I said, well, you you know, you do understand they're bringing their gear home. This was not our troops that were on R&R, and they're bringing home Turkish rugs. This is their gear that they've used to defend you. And they said, yes, we understand. I said, well, I've got a pretty big following, so if you don't want to refund that money to them, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to post, uh, send out an email to my entire list, post on social media, and let them know what's happened. I'll be posting your phone number, your address, ways to get in touch with you, that I've reached out to you and that you refuse to do anything. And they said, fine. And within 48 hours, they had been bombarded with so many phone calls and people refusing to fly with them anymore that they did refund the money to the troops. And our men and women are serving, can't speak out. It's against the UCMJ to be able to speak out while they're still serving. But we can be that voice. We can stand for them in the halls of Congress. We can stand for them whether it's a corporation. We can stand for them in our hometowns. And we owe it to them to be able to do that. That's right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. The VSP channel has a call to action. Donate $22 or any amount you can today campaign with help from the special people who care. The future veterans broadcast studio can become a reality. Go to the VSPchannel.com to learn more about the broadcast studio and donate today. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Debbie Lee, CEO of America's Mighty Warriors. And, Bill, I know you had a couple questions. Well, Debbie, I, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for all that you do in assisting uh, our men and women who have served this great nation uh, and their families. And, uh, you know, uh, as I, as I uh, was uh, looking at the, uh, the website, Mark's story is compelling and important, and it's one to never, ever be forgotten. Uh, I have a great appreciation for the uh, Gold Star families uh, in my state where I reside in Maryland. Through our Motor Vehicle Administration, uh, a law was passed uh, about two years ago where we recognized the, the Gold Star families with an inscription on the state license plate uh, for them to be, uh, to be recognized. And uh, Debbie, I'm, I'm just—I would like for you to explain to our listening audience as to how important is it for families of the injured and the fallen who have served this country to be informed about access to services. I think it's crucial. Uh, so many of our families out there, our veterans and our Gold Star families, are out there you know, trying to navigate it alone, and they need help, they need support, but oftentimes they don't know where to go. They don't know where the resources are. And um, I think there's, you know, so many people as well want to be able to help and want to be able to support those families. But unfortunately, we've seen even some major foundations, you know, that have been in the news that have taken the money in, and you find out you're donating a dollar and only 30 cents, 35 cents of that's going to the actual cause. The rest is going for administrative fees. Right. And so I think people are very skeptical as to who to trust, who are the legitimate ones. Uh, 90% of what comes in our foundation goes back to the troops and, and their families and families of our fallen. So we're adamant about making sure the money that people do donate to us is invested wisely in the lives of our troops and their families. But um, we can't do that without the support of so many other people that spread the word. And, you know, whether it's through your social media, through your friends and family, pass the word on. So 
our troops and their families, when they need help, they know where to go. They know what the resources are. We don't spend the big bucks, you know, advertising on TV to let people know. We do depend on your listeners, on, you know, our supporters, those that are out there spreading that word and letting our troops know. You know, you've got a neighbor across the street who's struggling with PTS and TBI. Hey, I just heard something on the radio the other day. America's Mighty Warriors can help you. Reach out to them. You know, you run into a gold star family that's hurting and grieving. Hey, we know of an organization that does retreats for you, that has a house in Arizona where you can go stay for free and get encouragement and respite from someone who's been through that. And it is life-changing. We had a mom come to uh, one of our retreats in Texas. Uh, She had lost her son, was a Navy SEAL. And it had been 10 years since he died. She came to the retreat and she said, this is the first time I've ever met another Gold Star family. And she saw what we did there. She heard me speak and share the story and she was motivated. She said, I had no idea I could do anything with my grief. And she literally, it was life-changing for her. This woman turned her life Around, she started doing things to honor her son. She hosts an event every year. Um, her son was Tommy Retzer, and she uh, hosts an event in him. Her son loved luau's and Hawaiian themed stuff, so she hosts a luau to honor him near his birthday. And um, then she donates the funds back to America's Mighty Warriors. She said, Why wouldn't I help support you after the life change you've done for me? And so we need to make sure that those families do know there are things available for them. And we believe in networking. So if you call our foundation and we don't offer the service that you need, then we will try to put you in touch with another foundation that we know of that's legitimate that you can get that help and support from. That's right. And that's what it's all about. Yes, very much so. I think it's crazy. There's so, you know, and I, I, I understand it's, Fundraising is not easy, and lots of times the same, you know, veteran charities are all going for the same donor, you know, the big, large donors that we know of that are supportive of the troops. And so sometimes you do feel like, okay, well, if I work with them, are they going to take one of our our donors or supporters? And my philosophy is... It's the end goal. If we're, our mission is out there to support our troops and their families, who should matter who's getting the credit for it? Who should matter, you know, if we're getting the troops taken care of and the families who lost a loved one? That's a good day. Wow. Bill? Well, uh, Debbie, you, 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 you've answered two other questions that I have, and I'd just like to comment on the last portion of what you just said in, 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 in the networking. It's not, uh, 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 this is not a co- competitive kind of situation among the organization. It's one where we complement each other, yes. and we can all... I feel as though that we've done something uh, important to help the the troops out there. But the the networking you just talked about, I think that uh, this is so important because here at the American Heroes Network, we hear about a lot of organizations, and I'm talking about the grassroots organizations. They are right directly serving at the grassroots level, and things that they're doing that can be helpful to folks maybe on the other side of the country, and it is uh, it's so important now that we begin to network with those organizations so we don't have to feel that one organization has to do it all or have a heavy load, that this thing can be dispersed 
across many organizations. So what's your take on that? No, I agree 100%. If there were more organizations that were networking together, were supporting each other, um, it would be so much easier for our troops to know where to go for resources. They wouldn't feel like, oh, well, I read those people's mission statement and they don't offer what I need, so I can't call them. You know, if there was a networking process, and I've actually a couple of times been part of different organizations that tried to do that, kind of be the uh, the military resource for, you know, for people who are giving and people who need help, so that you have one place where you go and it says, okay, if you need this, go here. If you need this, here, you know, here's all the, and if you want to give for this cause, here's, here you go. But for whatever reason, <laughs> that doesn't seem to take off, and I don't know if that's still part of that you know, people want to protect their nonprofit and not be part of something else. But I am a firm, strong believer that we need to network together. And we have done several events. You know, we've given money to other charities to, you know, to try to help or, or partner together and do an event with them, you know, as long as that fits in, in our mission statement and what we're doing. And I think that is crucial to be able to do that. Well, you know, Debbie, in, in the introduction, we talked about uh, your involvement in respite care for families and, 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 and even the case of those that are, are impacted. Tell us, especially with the families, how important that is because, you know, my experience has been that when someone returns home, with uh, these injuries that are either visible or you can't see, it impacts that family to the point that at some point in time, everybody needs a break from the action to kind of, you know, regenerate and come back. And Because this, in many cases, as you know better than I know, that this is, this is for the long haul. So uh, tell us about respite care and how important that is. Well, I think it's important uh, so many of our, our troops come home and the families that sent them off <clears throat> expect that warrior to come home the same person they were that they sent off. Sure. And when they start noticing that there's issues or there's anger problems or they, you know, they're not sleeping well, they're not coping, um, they, don't know that they don't have that ability to solve problems anymore, then it causes tension in the marriages and they're fighting and the, you know, the spouse that, that didn't deploy is back home going, what's wrong with you? Why are you screaming at, you know? And then it just, of course, trickles down to the children and the children are wondering, who is this person that came back? And, you know, typically, you know, we have more of our, our men that are serving, so typically it's the father that, you know, is out of control. He's wondering what's wrong with himself, why he can't cope. Um, you know, the parents will try to get involved and say, well, let me help you. Uh, they don't understand. That's not my son or daughter. What has happened? Uh, the troops themselves start self-medicating. They, you know, have a drink to get to sleep at night because they can't sleep. Have another drink and two doesn't work. So then it's three and then it's four. And, you know, then they're trying some drug that takes the, the tension, the stress away just momentarily so they can cope. And, I mean, it is so destructive to the families, and that's why it's so important that, you know, the services that we are offering are there for the families as well. This is a family unit problem. This is not just our warrior's problem. And so to be able to educate, you know, these spouses that and, and parents and siblings, here's what's going on. This is not a personal attack against you. They've been injured. Uh, 
you know, especially those brain injuries. And, you know, the PTS is part of the, the brain as well. It's not just the traumatic brain injuries that, you know, are, are physical. You know, we know that there's emotional involved with the, the PTS and the suicidal tendencies, but there's physical issues that are going on there as well that are causing those problems. And we need to make sure that we're educating people. There's a great book called Love Your Vet that uh, is from a spouse of a Vietnam veteran who struggled with PTSD and the things that she's learned. Uh, she's also a psychologist, I believe, uh, but a social worker, definitely, and has learned, you know, those symptoms. What's normal? So in the book, she says, here's things that are normal. Here's why they're acting this way. They don't have the ability to cope this way. And here's what to do and to say, and here's what not to say and not to do. And... Um, that awareness issue just is huge then, you know, for that spouse to say, okay, he's not attacking me. This isn't that he doesn't love me anymore. This is his cry saying, I can't figure this out. I can't handle this. I need help. Um, well, that that is so important, Debbie. And, and one thing else that I'd like for you to briefly comment on, you know, uh, a lot of times our women veterans who have served kind of uh, gets lost in this whole uh, situation. But in uh, especially with suicides, I mean, uh, it, it it it's remarkable to me that how our women veterans' suicide rates are much greater than their counterparts in our general population around the country. But, uh, you know, for, for, for many reasons, our women don't come forward to, uh, to make it known that they've got problems. How, what's your experience been with that in reaching out to them uh, and to get them in uh, and to help them and assist them with their concerns? Well, we've only dealt with, I can only think of one woman that we've dealt with um, that was suicide. And um, we tried to get her into the hyperbaric oxygen therapy. She, our typical protocol when they call if they're struggling with suicidal tendencies, if they're threatening suicide now, they need to get admitted to a hospital or program. That is above our realm of what we can deal with. We need to stabilize them before they're able to go through um, the hyperbaric oxygen therapy treatments or any of our other treatments that we offer for our troops. They do have to commit during the two months that they're going through treatment that they will not use drugs or alcohol. If we're trying to uh, restore health to their body and build it up, they need to not be doing things that are tearing it down. It's counterproductive um, for the treatments. And so if we're investing our, you know, finances that have been donated to us in to help them, then they have to commit to that. But um, so I don't have a lot of experience working with the veterans. You know, my personal feeling is that um, God created us as women to be nurturers and created the men to be our defenders. Um, and not that there aren't things in the military that our women, women can do and do very well um, and, but I think that that's just part of that struggle in there. That's not, you know, how we're wired to be on the front lines. Yes, we can be there, you know, to be that support role, um, to be nurses, to be doctors, to be helping fix them. But I just wonder, you know, I haven't read any studies on that, but I just wonder how much of that is, you know, those things that we're not designed to have to deal with and have to see. So then it's more traumatic you know, for the women to be able to do that. I've been over to Iraq twice. I've been in the combat zone, went on a patrol with the first of the fourth cab three different times in 
um, the Dora neighborhoods of Iraq. And, and it has nothing to do with are we capable, are we equal. God created each one of us equal, whether we're men and women. He gives us different roles to do. But um, So that's not at all you know, what this is it about. But I just think the way we're designed, the way we're made, that that causes more struggles for us. I, I'm, I'm not sure on, on that. Like I said, I haven't run any studies you know, on that, that's just, just my own opinion. But, um, you know, suicide is always a tough one. As I said, my husband committed suicide, and we've had to walk through that. And people don't know what to say, what to do for the families afterwards. And I always tell people, just be there. You know, don't worry about what you're going to say or not say. Just be there. Those individuals that are the ones that are the survivors that are left behind, they'll talk to you about it. They'll open up if they want to. You know, everybody grieves differently. And so... But just be there and support them. I think so many people want to place blame on somebody, and that's sure not the time to do that for those family members that are trying to process it through the loss of a loved one. And, right. um, you know, we, we need to be there for, for them as well. That's true. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Debbie Lee, CEO of America's Mighty Warriors. Debbie, why don't you share Mark's story with us? You bet. Um, that is the reason that I can do what I do every day. You know, that is the reason we as Americans have the freedoms that we enjoy each and every day because of the sacrifices that are made for us. And um, an amazing story. I don't know, um, I'm sure many of your listeners have watched the movie American Sniper, but Mark was one of the main characters that was portrayed in that movie. He was actually 
uh, in the movie was Chris's officer and was the SEAL that was killed in combat at the end. But um, they very did an amazing job with Chris's story. You know, that's it's Chris's movie. But um, they totally threw Mark under the bus and did not portray him or his heroic actions or his personality or anything correctly. And um, the day that that Mark died. It was 115, 120 degrees in Iraq. I live in Arizona. Once in a while, we see those temperatures, but I can guarantee you nobody's out doing anything other than maybe in their pool, but sometimes that's even too warm. But um, they'd been fighting. It was Ramadi, Iraq, and you may remember back in 2006, that was, uh, as Mark's teammate said, the worst piece of real estate over there, the hellhole of Iraq. That's where the majority of our casualties were coming from. And they had been fighting. They'd been in an intense firefight for two hours they had been fighting. And there were four SEALs that were on the rooftop. And Mark's buddy, Ryan, had been severely injured. He, The weapons had actually hit his gun, and so he had severe shrapnel injuries to the head. And he fell to the ground, and quickly two of the SEALs that were with him fell to their knees to help Ryan. Mark could have made that very same choice, but his choice that day was to stand up into the direct line of fire, hoping the enemy would fire on him and that he would be able to lay down some suppressive fire to get the medic up to the roof. And the medic did. He got up there and he took one look at Ryan and said, we've got to get him out of here immediately or there's no chance for survival. So not once, but a second time, all by himself, Mark stood up in that line of fire He carried the big gun. He carried the M60. He knew he could lay down some suppressive fire. And that's exactly what he did. And they were able to all successfully get down off of that roof. And they sent Ryan off for medical attention. And they climbed in their Bradleys and they headed back to the base. And I'm proud to tell you that base was named Camp Mark Lee in his memory after he passed. And I had the blessing of visiting there on my first trip over in 2007. And as they got back to that base, they began to rip off their gear and get some water to refresh themselves. And we've seen and we've read about our Navy SEALs, and sometimes they seem superhuman to us. But I can tell you, those are my adopted boys. That's my family now. And they're just as human as you or I are. And as they got back there and they ripped off their gear and we're just trying to process. Chris Kyle told me later he thought Ryan had died. He figured there was any way he could survive his injuries. And the chief came in and he said, we just found 30 of the insurgents that just attacked us. And without hesitation, Mark looked at his chief and he said, Roger that, let's go get him. So they climbed in their Bradleys and they headed back to that God-forsaken place. And they cleared several houses. And they went in the last house Mark would be in. They cleared the bottom of the house and they started up the steps. And they heard Mark yell, on me. And he was saying, I got the lead on this. You guys follow me. And as they went up those steps, they drew fire through a window. And for the last and final time, Mark made the choice to stand into the line of fire to defend his buddies. He didn't shrink below the wall. He stood boldly and gave the gift of life to his teammates. He stood boldly and gave us in America the freedoms that we enjoy every single day. And that's why I am so dedicated to our men and women who serve. That's why I'm so dedicated to the other families who've lost a loved one. Because I do understand when they make the choice to give their lives so that we can live. 
the last time that Mark stood in the line of fire was to save Leif Babin, who was his lieutenant. And Leif is, again, as I said before, that's one of my boys. And he married Jenna Lee at Fox News. And they named their first child after Mark. And it is such an amazing bond and a brotherhood. Mark tried to explain that to me before he died. But I didn't understand that until after, the week after he died, we had five of them in their home. And I saw that they loved Mark as much as we did and that they were hurting just as much as we were. And that's when the light bulbs went on and I realized I'd either adopted or inherited a bunch of amazing boys. And we stay in touch to this day. I go to weddings. I've been asked to sit on the front row of families before, and the first time that happened, I'm like, ooh, wait, wait, this is a special day. I get it. I, I respect I Thank you for loving me like a mama, but I'm not your mama, and this is a special time for family. And they're like, Mama Lee, you are family. Sit down. I'm like, <laughs> okay, got it, got it. So um, that's why I do what I do. I was blessed to be Mark's mom for 28 years, and he's been redeployed to heaven. I know where that kid is. I will see him again one day. And that's why I said, so I put on his boots and pick up his weapon and continue to stay in the fight. I'm not firing bullets at anybody, but it's a fight to make sure our men and women who serve um, are supported, have what they need, and, and know that they're loved and appreciated. Wow. You're a remarkable woman there, Debbie. I appreciate uh, you t- letting us know about Mark and, and his story. And we only have a couple minutes left, and I just want to say it was a very high pleasure here having you on our show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Well, I think it's, it's important for them to go to our website. Uh, again, that website is americasmightywarriors.org. You can read more about Mark there. You can read that amazing letter that he wrote that's inspired so many people. You can find out more about the services that we offer. And you, um, there's merchandise there. I'm a contributing author in four different books. A lot of his teammates have written books about him, so those are all on our website. Chris Kyle's book, American Sniper and American Gun, are there. Those funds help us raise money to continue our mission. Uh, you can join our campaign to donate $17 a month in 2017. If we have 2017 people that give $17 on a recurring basis, on a monthly basis, that uh, will meet about three-quarters of our budget for the year. And that's, uh, you know gives us the time then to be impacting the families personally more than working on fundraising. But uh, we can't do it by ourselves. We've been able to do all the amazing things that we've done because of the amazing supporters that are around us. You know, if you're a corporation or a business and can do something, if you've got a service or skill or talent that you want to use to donate, please reach out to us and let us know because we so appreciate the support. We appreciate you guys' support today in helping us get the word out. All right. Remember, the American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host Bill and our guest Debbie. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are